Yes, good afternoon, ladies and mantelpieces. It's Chappie the British Butler with Keep Cheese. Whoops, stop, stop right there. Let's just wind that back. Wind it back. Wind it back. Yes, happy Friday, happy V Day. Keep calm in cauliflower cheese with Chappie the British Butler. The white gloves have been off all week. They've been boiling pristine in bleach to be lovely and fresh and clean for you as we approach the third version, under toi version of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Some of the things that uh, we may be covering this week, my butt crack was hanging out, but I heard the whip cracking, so I had to rush downstairs. Heavy night, cocktail of plant extracts is a perfect hangover cure. High price for purse of King Savius and William Penn, the original male nurse, and more mannish, fartier version of Earl Woods, and the Dorito-obsessed Corgi. Something you may have been trying on lockdown, please uh, answer us on a postcard. Polygon polyamory. Mm. Anyway, so welcome along to the show. Uh, just to recap some of the other um, episodes we've had, we've now had three episodes of this uh, delightful concoction, this eccentric concoction of uh, nonsense. Um, in, the, in the first episode, uh, we did uh, discover how I would like to be encased in wax sealed mature cabbage cheese, maybe wrapped in bacon, uh, probably the streaky crispy bacon rather than the fatty bacon though I think. Uh, how turmeric actually cured my IBS uh, was uh, something we talked about. Why not inject Vindaloo as a cure for the coronavirus? And then I did my uh, ode to Vindaloo. Um, I don't know if the Benny Hill music is actually appropriate to this, but we could try it. Um, so this is the ode to Vindaloo. Oh, Vindaloo comes out as poo, makes me need the loo. Oh, I do, I do, I do. Oh, Vindaloo. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of things that I'd like to cover today. Um, one thing that I think is uh, very, very apt um, in what I've been seeing. I've been doing a lot of walking, a lot of dog walking, trying to get out, trying to do my 12,000 steps a day. And you know, something I've noticed is the uh, courtesy of bike riders uh, around and about uh, the pass here in Colorado. And I hear, you know, through my uh, AirPods, I hear to the left, to the right, expecting me and my lovely border collie George to uh, move over to the right or left into the grass. Now, why should I have to move to the left or the right as they take the path, the pedestrian path, may I add, uh, to my destination? I could be allergic to grass. George could be allergic to grass. They have wheels on their bikes. They can go onto the grass. Anyway, that was one of my pet peeves, I think, from, uh, from the last uh, uh, week or so. And um, something else that, I, you know, I really do think every American should try. Um, I don't think it's an ailment that uh, hits uh, us British or Europeans or Aussies. Uh, I, I don't know about Aussies actually, it may be interesting, I'd love to hear an Aussie say this, but I would love the Americans to do the Worcestershire sauce test. The Worcestershire sauce test. Now it's not Worcestershire, it's like Clapham in London is not Clams. The Worcestershire sauce test. Now I love hearing Americans say Worcestershire sauce. 
Um, it's even better off they've had a had a tipple or two of uh, of booze, um, maybe some of the hard stuff like a Vladimir vodka or maybe a lovely hoppy IPA. But still, I'd love to hear the uh, the Worcestershire sauce test and uh, and see how Americans do um, pronounce it after a, after a few drinks. Um, so something uh, I, I would like to talk about today as we have yakety yak in the background here. Um, now, everybody has a, a, stong, a song that stirs them, gets them out of bed, makes them bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, leaping out of bed, tip-top in the morning. Now, mine is slightly embarrassing. Um, so I'd like to may, maybe play the first few bars of it and um, and see what you think. It's just the first few bars that really do um, get me going uh, first thing in the morning. And uh, let's just, uh, let's hear it. There we go. Anyway, so, all right, that's just, all right. Let's just bring it back, and once more, we have all vinyl here uh, on the Chappie Show. All right, here we go. Yep. There we go. One, two, three. Up. Alright, there we go. Alright, now. There we go. There we go. Up. Stop, stop, stop. There. Okay. So. That's my morning glory. That's my morning glory song. Let me let me add. Let me add a little addition there. What is your morning glory song? Could it be David Bowie, Mick Jagger dancing in the street? Could it be a little bit of Neil Diamond? Could it be some Kylie Minogue? Anyway, who is it? That was Shine at Sheena Easton, um, Morning Train. The first few bars, obviously. Um, and Sheena actually is, is quite interesting because you may she's probably more, most famously for singing the uh, the James Bond song, uh, For Your Eyes Only. Um, but I, th I think um, she's actually developed a transatlantic Scottish accent. So I'd try to find uh, a, uh, a recent interview with her. My little, my, <laughs> my little uh, rat terrier Jack is actually freaking out as I, uh, as I completely pulverized uh, the morning train song. So apologies, uh, apologies to Jack there. But yeah, she has a lovely transatlantic Scottish accent. Now, something that I think I'd like to sort of cover in a little bit more detail here is um, Sean Connery, the, the wonderful Sean Connery. Um, and he never changed his accent. He was unrepentant. He never wanted to change his Scottish accent for any of his roles. I think his most famous one was obviously James Bond. James Bond, James Bond, shaken or shirt. Um, but when he played the Russian shipboat captain in the Tom Clancy uh, movie, Hunt for the Red October, he never changed his song. I'd love to hear Connery order, uh, you know, a, a shot of vodka, a shot, a shot of Smirnoff. I mean, that would be fantastic to hear uh, Connery order a shot of vodka rather than a redram. Of, uh, of scotch which would probably be his uh, you know the, the normal drink he would be drinking but yeah connery 
never changed his accent in any of his movies. In a gangster movie, obviously the uh, the gangster movie that he he uh, won the best supporting actor for, um, he, The Untouchables, he never changed his accent. He was still Scottish. So, what can you say? I've lived here for twenty years and haven't been able to get rid of this accent. I've tried. I've tried Listerine for for God's sake, and uh, and it hasn't hasn't really worked. So uh, something else that I wanted to wanted to cover uh, today on the show um, is you know the coronavirus has has brought many new terms uh, to uh, to the forefront here, and I want to. Uh, share a few of these uh, with you uh, today um, and uh, maybe I'll do a few today and a few next week but first of all we've got the corona coaster the ups and downs of your mood during the pandemic you're loving lockdown one minute but suddenly weepy and anxious the next is truly an emotional corona coaster the quarantinis, experimental cocktails mixed from whatever random ingredients you have left in the house. Fruit squash, uh, which is a cordial uh, to the American fans out there. A bit of fizzy pop and that random bottle of booze from the Spanish duty free. All, all it's got to hand. Mix it up, pop in a glacé cherry and you're good to go. And then uh, the infamous locktail hour. Wine o'clock in the lockdown area, which seems to be creeping earlier and earlier and earlier with every passing week. And your virtual pubs seem to be opening from lunchtime onwards. And um, the uh, furlough merlot, goblets of the grapey stuff consumed in an attempt to relieve the frustration of not working and trying to use the downtime to become a sommelier by watching hours of YouTube tutorials, often referred as Bordeaux or Cabernet Tedium. Um, and then uh, I think one of my favorites is uh, the elephant in the Zoom. The glaring issue during a video conference call that nobody uh, feels they can mention, a bad DIY haircut, bombsite house in the background, questionable facial hair, or just doing the meeting in a towel as nothing fits anymore. Um, and then um, a couple more, um, Quentin Quarantino, the dirge of the social media feeds, this attention seeker is now making amateur films, comedy, and they're convinced they're funny and clever than they actually are. Maybe podcasts as well. Some of, uh, some of the folks have taken to making these ridiculous, uh, uh, very tedious podcasts as well. And uh, most likely at the same time, the Quentin Quarantino had discovered uh, TikTok. Um, something else to, uh, to also try to avoid is gout break. The sudden fear that you consume so much wine, cheese, homemade cake, cabot mature cheddar, bacon and Easter chocolate in the lockdown that your ankles are swelling up like a medieval knights. Anyway, so we'll have more of those next week, I think. They're very, very good. Uh, I think people are getting bored to the uh, to the point of uh, uh, you know to the point that they don't really know what to do with themselves. And the uh, one piece of exercise they can do per day is not really cutting it uh, anymore. So on the keep calm and cauliflower cheese uh, podcast, um, we 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 like to um, invoke you know some whimsy. Uh, bringing um, you know bringing poems and stories and from a bygone age and one of the things I was thinking about this last week is is really how um, that nobody um, and ev nobody or well, everybody is, is missing sport 
you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, soccer, cricket, golf, tennis, all of it. And um, I think, you know, in the US, we're opening up the golf courses again. And golf is like the perfect, um, it's a perfect game for that social distancing six foot. The way I play, it's like left, right, it's never in the center and you're always six foot away from your playing partner. But something I was thinking about, and it really reminded me the bygone ages for me of uh, seaside golf. And the uh, seaside golf um, poem by John Betjeman, former poet laureate, was something I wanted to, to share with you, uh, with you all today. How straight it flew, how long it flew, it cleared the rutty track and soaring disappeared from view. Beyond the bunker's back, a glorious sailing, bounding drive that made me glad I was alive. And down the fairway, far along, it glowed a lonely white. I played an iron, sure and strong, and clipped it out of sight. In spite of grassy banks, between I knew I'd find it on the green. And so I did, it lay content, two paces from the pin. A steady putt, and then it went, oh, more securely in. A very turf rejoiced to see that quite unprecedented three. Ah, seaweed smells from sandy caves and time and mist in whiffs. Incoming tide Atlantic ways, slapping the sunny cliffs. Lark song and sea sounds in the air and splendour, splendour everywhere. So there's a lovely, lovely poem by John Betjeman. Um, he played his golf in Cornwall, one of the most beautiful rugged areas of the UK. And uh, he's actually buried in St. Enadoc Church, which I think borders on the 10th hole. And uh, truly a lovely tribute. Wonderful game to get back to, um, you know, with, uh, with every, all the social distancing and lockdowns uh, easing. Uh, but just wanted to, uh, to bring that up today. So here on the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese podcast, which is number three, un, de toi, um, and my French accent is, is, is appalling, obviously. Um, something I wanted to th- always cover is a few different recipes. Something to warm the cockles, warm the heart, keep us going in these, uh, in these difficult times. And I think I, uh, I opened up the, the, the podcast career of talking about cauliflower cheese, which is a, a velvety delight for um, the lost vegetable that's recently been rediscovered, cauliflower, and is in the the title of this podcast. Um, So we covered that. But today, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, one of the wonders of, um, uh, you know, of of culinary delights, and that is toad in the hole. Now, it's not what it sounds. It's not like frog eggs poked into a dirty hole. It's actually a, um, a beautifully um, delicious, uh, puffy uh, main course, and it's, it's savory. So what we'd take, I'd take four or five sausages, um, preferably British sausage if you've got them, but bratwurst work very, very well. I know that sprouts in the, U- in the US do a delicious bratwurst, and um, crisp those bratwurst up, I do them outside, you don't want the smell in the house here, crisp those up, and you want to make one of the wonders of modern cuisine, the puffy delight that is Yorkshire pudding. Now, I would take uh, probably one and three quarters cups of flour, if you can get it, because I know the mills are, are working overtime 
to get flour um, produced. And it's, it's pretty crazy. It's very difficult in the UK to get it. In the, uh, in the US, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier, I think. But one and three quarters cups of flour, two cups of milk, a dash of salt, and a spoonful of butter-flavored shortening is, is what you need. And I just blend that all up. Uh, and uh, once you cook the sausages, um, put the sausages into the pan and pour this wonderful batter with the milk, with the butter, and with um, also, uh, I would add, um, four eggs in there as well. Make it very eggy. Um, beautiful thing at the moment, eggs, to have on lockdown. Um, well, something you should definitely try, I think, is, 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 uh, is the uh, soft-boiled egg, the six-minute egg with the soldiers every morning. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing to start the day. But uh, for the toad in the hole, you probably want a pretty hot oven, 400 degrees Fahrenheit, and I'd bake that uh, in there for about um, 30 or 40 minutes until the, uh, until the batter rises and is puffy. Mashed potato. One of the tips I've, uh, I gained from a friend during uh, lockdown was a lovely um, velvety mashed potato with cream cheese in it. Butter, proper butter. And again, I've been converted. Do leave your butter out. Never put it away in the fridge. Leave the butter out, cover it. It's wonderful. It can be spread anytime on delicious bread and everything else. Anyway, so the, the you have the uh, the beautiful um, toad in the hole with uh, the, uh, the delightful mashed potato, very creamy, creamy and velvety, and uh, maybe some onion gravy to go on top of it. Vegetables of choice, Brussels sprouts, always a winner uh, in and around the uh, Chappie household. Something I always serve to my to my household and the Brussels sprouts, <clears throat> nice and crispy and black and uh, always gorgeous. So that's it, toad in the hole. Um, something else that I've explored um, is the wonders of banana bread. Now, banana bread is one of those things that, <clears throat> I don't know what you would add to it. I add a spoonful of Nutella, maybe some oats as well, but I hear that sort of dries it out a little bit. Um, but a question to you podcast fiends out there is how ripe do you let your bananas get? Now, sitting in front of me on a slightly uh, faded uh, white plate, maybe a creamy white, is a very, very ripe banana. Now, I know you can't see it. It's like the wonders of podcast and radio. You can't see it. But it is it's severely wrinkled up. It's very dark and um, shriveled slightly. Now, is this banana too ripe for the aforementioned banana bread? I'm actually going to live <clears throat> insert and penetrate my finger into the banana as we speak. Oh, and it, it just popped in there and it is like oozing out. It's like a caramelized banana in there and it's, and it's sort of oozing out all around the finger and, uh, and, and the banana is now ruptured and uh, the, 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 the almost liquid goodness of the uh, decaying or uh, overripe banana is now all over me. Um, yuck. So I imagine, uh, oh, podcasters out there and listeners out there, that that banana is probably too ripe. Now, I have <coughs> taken a Kleenex. There's only a very few of these left in the world. This could be the last Kleenex in the whole entire world, people. 
and I'm just wiping my finger off. So I think that's actually too right. But anyway, maybe I'll try it. I'm a little bit scared um, to to actually uh, to actually put that into uh, banana bread. But we we shall see if it uh, if it works. So a couple of other things to discuss this week is one more little ditty here regarding uh, the virus as I've heard a lot of people have contracted COVID-10. COVID-10. So COVID-10 is when 10 pounds of weight have been added to people during the lockdown and uh, they've gained that 10 pounds and in fact they're actually instead of flattening the curve they're indeed fattening the curve. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah they've tried to avoid the COVID-10 and you know, a few people uh, this week have um, come to me and, and said, Chappie, you know, what are you going to do if you need to go up into an elevator? If you're working in a, in a, in a high rise or living in a high rise, and you have to go up the elevator only two at a time. Now, I think you have to see this as almost an Ed, Edmund Hillary moment, as, as, as Edmund Hillary scaled Everest in 1953. And... Um, I think two people at a time on this expedition, and I would recommend, it may take you a few hours to even get in line ready to go up two by two. I'd go up to the sixth floor of your building and set up a base camp. I'd warm some baked beans in the fire. I would settle down for the night, maybe a weighted gravity blanket. We could talk about that in a future podcast. And then from there, climb the summit and go to the 12th floor the next day. But I think that's how long it's going to actually take you to um, get up in an elevator or go up on the stairs. I would only take six stairs at a time and then set up base camp for the night and then go to the summit the next day. So anyway, as we understand this week that one loo roll, one toilet roll earlier in the week was worth more than one barrel of crude oil. Truly heady times, ladies and gentlemen. And as we think about, I think I, I discussed in one of the uh, one of the earlier podcasts about uh, facial hair, and I, I did want to shave the bugger off. The facial hair, the beard, we need to get rid of it. You know, clean up, dress for impress. I think something that uh, that we should think about, and, and, and at a good time, is you know for anybody stuck in. One of those, um, a, uh, one of those relationships that's probably bygone. Um, I, I sort of revisited the uh, film and music of South Pacific over the week, and I really think that we that we need to wash that man right out of your hair. Um, some men are like oil slicks; some are flaky, and you some of them you really do need the head and shoulders to wash it out. And I'm sure it's the same with women as well. But um, just ladies out there. Wash that man right out of your hair, I think is the, uh, is the, is the, is the order of the day. So as we, um, as we really approach the close of the podcast today, and we never really have a time that we can ramble on for hours on end, um, for another millennia probably, about different things, um, is something that we may want to cover next week. I think I want to rediscover, as I said, the banana bread how rotten did the banana have to be? Let's have an egg count, an excellent egg count. I've got 82 eggs in my fridge at the moment. How many do you have? 
Let's count them up next week. I'm going to count them up again next week for you folks out there. And also, how does one get your bird name? Your bird name. You know, there's chaffinches out there, greater tits, loads of birds out there. But how does one get your bird name? I reveal that uh, in the um, confines of the Keep Calm and the Cauliflower Cheese podcast next week. But something to end on, um, and uh, before we uh, uh, before we go, um, is it is V V Day. Uh, my grandfather Frank uh, fought in World War Two. He's one of the youngest sergeant majors. Has burned out of the trenches in World War Two, uh, and served in the Grenadier Guards. And um, hats off to 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 him today. Uh, hats off to Colonel Tom, who managed to. Um, you know, break all sorts of records walking around his garden uh, from from uh, Captain Tom to Colonel Tom. And he raised 30 million uh, for the National Health Service. So I think today is a, is, a, is quite a poignant time to... Um, I discovered a poem in the week that I think, um, you know, was something that, that, that I... Like a modern poem, uh, really reflecting uh, the 8th of May, 1945. Uh, and the poem is by Angela Wybrow, and uh, I really enjoyed reading it. It was really, was the most brilliant day. It was 1945, it was the 8th of May. It is a date forever remembered, as the day when Germany finally surrendered. The war across Europe had come to an end, a war in which many had lost a family or friend. It was a day of much celebration in towns and cities of many a nation. Very soon after they heard the great news, communities came together and really were let loose. Folk, they rejoiced. There was a great atmosphere with many a pub running right out of beer. Raucous revellers filled Trafalgar Square, where hugs and kisses with strangers were shared. As on the palace balcony, King George appeared, the mass crowds below him chanted and cheered. Soldiers and sailors were dancing the conga, the line which formed growing longer and longer. People danced in the streets and danced in the parks. They danced and they danced until way after dark. From out of folks' windows, lights dared to glow, and many a gallon of cheap champagne flowed. A kaleidoscope of colour lit up the night, as did blazing bonfires, which were burning so bright. People held parties right there in the street, with sweet and savoury dishes out to eat. There's homity pie and corned beef hash, bread with dip, beef dripping and faggots with mash. There were glory buns, Welsh cakes and bread spread with jam, apple brown betty, plum charlotte and even prune flan. There were scones, carrot cookies and eggless fruit cake, rock buns, jam tarts all hastily baked. The war had raged on for almost six years and during that time it had caused terror and tears. It was a day of thanksgiving, a day of relief, but for some just a day of deep-rooted grief. The people of Europe were finally free, and many a face was shining with glee. At the Western Front, the fighting had ceased, and all throughout Europe there was now much welcome peace. So my hearts go out to everybody who lost anybody in that war. And then, obviously, we've had the Invisible War over the last couple of weeks, and we've lost a lot of dear friends and family members as well. But I think um, as we close today, um, we should think about them and getting out of this, the joy of the party ahead, 
when finally we can uh, exit the six foot uh, social distancing rules and, you know, embrace, hold hands, whatever we need to do to celebrate um, and rejoice getting out of uh, this, this awful pandemic over the last few weeks. On a lighter note, and it's chappy out in just a second, um, something I thought about, I was talking about the elevator a few minutes ago, or, or travailing up the stairs to the summit of your work building, you know, how, that, how that's going to look. But something I would like to possibly invent and maybe copyright and patent is I think we every building now needs an extra long fireman's pole inserted outside of the building for everybody to, at the end of the day, for the fit ones, they can climb up the damn thing. For the, you know, probably more rotund members such as myself, they can slide down at the end of the day. It'll save a lot of time. And what I recommend is a long fireman's pole from the top of the building to the bottom. And everybody has Clorox gloves. So as they slide down the pole, they're disinfecting the pole on the way down. And I think that's a, it would be a fantastic thing for Clorox, probably, and also for people who need to get out in the evening and get home. Anyway, ladies and mantelpieces, it's been wonderful as always. It's Chappie the Butler signing off on a beautiful sunny day uh, here in Colorado. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and I look forward to seeing and hearing you again soon. Cheerio!